Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We are a couple days away from the new year, 2024. We've been talking about it so much, it almost seems like we've already into 2024, but we're, we're let's see, this is the 27th. Uh, but uh, we are very, very excited to wrap up these last few days um, of, of the program. It's been an epic year, I mean, epic in every way. So much in the news. And I, we're going to run a quick spot to remind people of, of um, what we're doing in the ministry and who we're sowing into. And this, this spot will show you that. Uh, but I just wanted to say that as you think about the last few days of the year, many people think of the last minute giving. Uh, some do it because they want to make sure when they give, they get the tax benefits before the 31st. Other people say, no, I don't care about the tax benefits. But I just want to give um, by year end. So whichever category you're in, we just are grateful for your help. We, I got an email today from someone else who, who has boots on the ground making an appeal. Oh, I don't have it with me. I did have it. I was going to read it, but um, the, the, where we dug the Ethiopian well, and you remember that that um, gusher that they showed in the video form, we showed it gushing that area. They have There's a civil war there, and the farmers can't leave their land, and they can't produce enough food on their land the way it's all working out. And so I had an appeal today. Could we sow some more into that village in Ethiopia? So um, please know that we are doing that. And we're helping some people that are that may otherwise either starve or go very, very hungry. Um, and so um, that's brand new. That's like hot off the press. Um, so we're trying to live with that, you know, that scripture that says he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. So the water wells that we do is giving to the poor, but sustaining them uh, with life giving fresh water. And then but then there are some times when we just need to give food. You know, and so that's uh, we've picked water primarily, but sometimes it's food. And then we're sowing into traffic children um, and the restoration of traffic children is what we're doing most of. And then we've also sown into the one company um, ministry that is, in fact, rescuing children. So thank you for thinking about us in your giving, because we are very, very serious about taking care of the money that you donate. We don't just throw it at any problem. We're very careful to have boots on the ground and people on site that, that can get these things done. All right. With that in mind, here's that quick spot that we developed for you. He knows the plans he has for them. He hears their cries. He longs that they have a cup of cold, refreshing water because water refreshes a weary soul. It's like a message of good news. Through every clean water well provided, we share and demonstrate the good news of Jesus. And it's all because of your generosity. Together, we are revealing the love of our Father to those who are truly hungry and thirsty. But there's many more people in desperate need. Give the gift of clean water today. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Well, we've been very busy, but I should say you all have been very busy sewing into this that, you, that we're showing you. 
And next year is going to be so fun to give you greater and greater reports of what you're doing and what we're doing with the funds that you're entrusting to us. So thank you so much. Here's we'll try to keep this on the screen a little bit here. Uh, it's got the, the link. You can type that link out, ElijahStreams.com slash donate. We're going to put it more in the chat today and in the remarks below the screen so that you will be able to reminded while you watch the program, you can write that down. Of course, there's our mailing address as well. As long as something is postmarked by December 31, that uh, takes care of that. All right. Oh, a quick reminder, Kim Robinson will be with us tomorrow. And then on Friday, Bobby Connor. So, all right, we're going to bring in, uh, it's Johnny Enlow Unfiltered, and we're going to bring in Andrew Whalen to share that. It's like a combination show of, of Johnny Enlow Unfiltered and then Andrew Whalen. It was kind of, kind of a eclectic show today. So with that in mind, here comes Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. 49 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you both, Johnny and Andrew. Good to see you. How, uh, give our regards, Andrew, to Kelly. I'm always funny because it always looks like Kelly's going to write me today, and it's always Andrew using <laughs> Kelly's email. But yeah. uh, give, give our love to Kelly and Johnny. The same thing with Elizabeth. It's going to be an exciting year. Johnny, I'm going to jump in. Uh, I'm throw you a question before we even get into the comments. I just we we you found out we we're going to do this just before you came on the air, and you agreed to that. <laughs> so now you're trapped. Okay, so there's there has been a significant, serious profound development as it relates to Mike Bickle, Kansas City, IHOP, IHOP, Kansas City, and all that. I asked our own team just a few minutes ago, we had all of us on the screen, and I said, how many of you have heard this development? And they're all going like this. So we thought, I thought, it was so public by now, every single soul would hear about it, and half of our own staff had never heard of it, and, and they're kind of in the loop, so to speak. So Johnny, can I just throw this to you, and can you bring us up to date about what has happened is very significant. Yeah, and, and mainly we're doing follow-up because that was became part of our conversation last week as well. And um, so over the, I think it was Saturday, maybe that um, in, a, in a sudden, we'll say change of, uh, of uh, how they're proceeding, Eric Volz, who's, the, uh, who's been speaking on behalf of the IHOP Kansas City leadership uh, made an announcement that the allegations against Mike Bickle are sufficiently credible and serious to warrant immediate and permanent separation of Mike Bickle from IHOP Kansas City. Wow, and permanent. You're saying like, we're not going back ever permanent. This is permanent. Like they became aware either you could say that they just found out more or they found out that the people that they knew all along were ready to talk, were going to talk. And so there was it became obvious to those who are in the what they call the ELT, the leadership team there. And Eric um, Volz had been called in to assist with their process that um, this was not going to be able to be hid. It was not going to be able to be swept under the rug. You're not going to be able to get enough big names in the body of Christ to come by and say, it's impossible that this be anything other than a satanic attack against Mike Bickle. That, that was happening, right? Because I, uh, 
we haven't talked about that part that much, but some big names were saying this is all witchcraft, this isn't true. And we were having people write to us and kind of giving us what for. And they would say, so-and-so said this, and now here you are saying, Johnny's saying, I'm going to walk, I'll walk with him if that's what it takes to, you know. Yeah, that was one of my final statements that you had asked me about a week ago. I was like, I'll walk with Mike if he'll do, be honest, be truthful, whatever his process, whatever his process of restoration. It is, uh, you know, interesting that they're not talking about a process, a process of restoration. They found out enough that that word permanent separation is in there. And it was followed furthermore with Stuart Greaves, the chief executive officer resigning apparently rather than face what was coming. And so um, them doing that is an admission from their part that it's serious. It was already serious, even if it was the one Jane Doe. And there is, you know, the way it was trying to be swept under the rug, which is what really bothers me in my spirit, anywhere this is happening in the body of Christ, is saying this is something from 20 something years ago. It was not, it's something, the one case they could identify that started 20 something years ago, but it, it all up till the present is where these type of situations were taking place. And so um, it, they, they now know that they can't uh, sweep these things under the rug and that they have to deal with them. And so, um, you know, the reports are, even those will say those who begin, what happens, there's something going around. There's a viral courage thing going around. Those who have experienced, uh, will say this type of abuse, there is a viral courage going around. And so it becomes apparent they're not going to be able to. Well, I never heard that term before, but that's interesting. You're saying, Enough people have come forward that the people that were too afraid must be saying, I'm not afraid anymore. There's too many other people that are, is it kind of like that? Or, Yeah, it's growing and there's more yeah. and more and more. And, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's severe and it's not just Mike. There's a whole culture that's being talked about by those who've been there for years, have been on staff, staff. It's like they've awakened to things. And so, um, this there's nothing about anything we're saying even right now that in any way is uh rejoicing at mm-hmm. the fall of anything or anybody it's it's uh tragic in its own way but then there's also you know any time when there is exposure of something that cannot go on anymore we have to consider it not a bad thing because it's like when you discover that there's a sickness that's not the day things went bad it's the fact that went undiscovered for a long time that's that's uh what's so bad so that they're they're going to be in process it's going to be um uh you know it's going to be rough and tough around uh, around ihop and and as the truth continues to come out and it's going to be interesting to see who will who will stand you know there's there's former leadership i'm i'm proud of former leadership at ihop that was very close uh, to the top that have put their necks out there and we're willing to risk being uh, intimidated with lawsuits and and uh, other curses sent their way and whatnot. And so um, I'll just, you know, Michael Sullivan, Alan Hood, um, Dwayne Roberts, there's different ones. There is just really uh, strong leadership that's been there for decades. And somehow they weren't being properly listened to when they said, listen, we have heard from the victims. It is more than credible. And so their voice wasn't being heeded. And so it, it, um, 
it finally took somebody telling them, like, do you realize this is what I'm going to be telling? And you're going to be trying to explain wow. that to your church it's, and to the body of Christ. So this snowballed from um, the initial claim that this is something that happened 20 or 20 some years ago with one person that was repented of and moved on. And that's why people were saying, how can you guys be harder? How can you talk about this or something ridiculously that happened 20 years ago? And yet it's graduated to multiple victims over yeah, well, many years. Go ahead. And there was no real repentance. Uh, you know, there's a statement a week or whatever, a week or 10 days ago from Mike. It was uh, admitting, it was an admission that he had been wrong. Again, to remind people that was the girl was 19. Mike was 42. He was the spiritual leader. Uh, there's not an equal playing field. It's not like, well, they're two. No, it's not a two adult type thing. It's why I call it over and go, over again. It's like spiritual pedophilia. It Ooh, is wow. a very uh, weighted, I'm putting it this way. Um, it's not on the same playing field. And even in his confession, in quote confession, he repented to everybody but the person, the one that goes by Jane Doe. It's like, how can that be true repentance when you don't start with the individual that you actually violated in that kind of way using, um, you know, spiritual uh, mumbo jumbo prophetic words and different kind of pressures and things like that. So it was it's something that really um, stirred my spirit, offended my spirit the way it was done. This is not we understand shepherds fall from time to time and they have to be restored and loved and doesn't mean that you close them down forever. But when there is when there's grooming, when it's repeat, when it's hidden, when it's um, even when confronted clearly, openly by uh, those who were your friends for decades and you still don't deal with it. That's another level of sickness. That's another level of of, of deceit. And, and I'll, I'll volunteer. I'm not going to volunteer him to say the dreams. I'll just tell you, Mike, I mean, uh, Steve, Andrew had told me some time ago that he had had a couple of dreams that showed, I will say something rotten in the basement there. And, and it's like, what do you think that is? You know, he, he's not that we haven't put this on, on, on our program here or anything. So it was something that the Lord was showing. Oh, wow. So I didn't, I did well, not realize that. So yeah. Andrew, you, God gave you the, some revelation on this a long time ago then, huh? Yep. And I'll just summarize it this way. I, it, in 2014, I had a dream and I saw IHOP on fire. And after it was on fire, it shut down. Uh, I knew it shut down. Um, and they the torch of prayer was placed in other locations. Yeah, well, in other words, are you saying prayer was not lost? It was just moved to other right. tr trustworthy and ministries or something like that? or. Right. Except I had, I had no context for the first dream. It just didn't make sense to me. And so I just thought, well, oh, that's interesting. And well, fast forward um, in, well, I'll just say this, Johnny, I just woke up this morning and I don't know why I felt led by the Holy Spirit to go to, I, I have like a stack of prayer journals I've kept over the years. And the first journal I, uh, I found, it's this old red one. And I opened up to a dream that I forgot I had had, and it was on November 25th of 2015. And I, I won't read the whole thing. I'll just simply summarize it. And in the dream, someone was uh, two, two uh, prophetic intercessors. One of them is a, a pretty well-known one. The other one is a very powerful deliverance minister. Uh, they 
um, they came to me in the dream essentially and said, Mike Bickle is requesting us to pray for him. He's in terrible warfare. And so uh, the other prophet um, I saw in the dream, she was weeping and crying out over Mike because she saw the warfare over him. So all that to say, there was things going on. And then fast forward 2022, um, again, I have no context, to be honest with you. I, I just don't, I had no context. My wife had a dream last fall, 2022, in the dream. She uh, was in the basement of IHOP. She saw that IHOP was on fire, and she put um, two eyeballs. Um, actually, she saw me. I should say she saw me in the basement of IHOP, and I was putting two eyeballs down in the basement, and she knew that whatever uh, was being seen and found in the basement is what was causing the fire at IHOP. So a month later, I have another dream. And in that dream, uh, I see IHOP uh, empty and shut down. And as I'm in there, I prophesy. And I prophesy this. By the way, this was uh, last year of 2022. I prophesied to uh to Lou Engel and Dean Briggs. They were with me in the dream. I actually sent them this dream a year ago. And in the dream, I said uh, uh, that, that uh, God has written Ichabod over IHOP. Whoa. This and was it, last year? This, this was, was last year. Whoa. And when I said this in the dream, um, I said the reason that Ichabod has been written over IHOP is because they did not receive the prophets. And I woke up from the dream. I sent it on to Lou and Dean. I never heard anything until things just started to hit the fan. And what I just felt, uh, and I'll just close it out with this, is just say, I feel like God was saying all along the way, prophets have seen. There have been eyes in the basement. There has been, at least at some level, uh, some measure of exposure, because I believe that's the father's heart. He would not allow something to get to uh, this scale without confronting it. And so I believe that prophets and those in their midst had confronted certain things, and yet they were rejected. They weren't received. And therefore, the Lord says, my glory has departed. I can no longer endorse this kind of defilement that's mixing in with the uh, the priest. The, the priestly ministry of prayer, worship, intercession. So that's that. And, and let me tell people, those who are listening, first of all, this is actually not the theme of today. We're going yeah. to be, one reason yeah. I asked for like, have Andrew on with me. There is, he's got a very important book, Dreams to Save a Nation, that, you know, we assisted and I forwarded, and I just believe God's all over about 30 dreams. We're going to be talking to you about that uh, shortly. That's a big deal. It's really good news. And um, and then I have a little, um, a little prophetic blurb um, myself at the front end of this. But while we're to remind you something that you just heard and something you didn't hear, um, Andrew didn't just tell you that he's declaring Ichabod over IHOP. Well, he's, telling you, he's telling you a dream he had a year ago. And it, it, it is what it is. You know, whatever yeah. happens, happens. There, if you understand, I think I, I mentioned not in mm. that context, but mm. a couple of weeks ago, Ichabod. Ichabod was written over the house of Eli, and it specifically had to do the word of the Lord 
came that it had to do with he allowed his his sons were having um allowing they were as it says literally they were sleeping with the women in the congregation so they were it was sexual sin in the house that went uncontested uh, undealt with thanks for listening the Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And so that's what, because people, there's different, that word Ichabod is like, yeah, Ichabod's going to be written because they've offended the Holy Spirit. They've done this and that and the other. The biblical framework for it is it was for allowing sexual immorality right. by ministers in close circle. And so that's the thing that will cause Ichabod to be written over a ministry other things perhaps as well but that's that that is the, the actual story storyline so in this again um this is it's good in the sense of um it is it is an exposure that needed to happen and and it does give a chance um for there to be a, re a redemptive story that comes out of it some beauty for ashes whether it's IHOP as IHOP, the, the priority is not the resurrection of IHOP as, as, as a ministry. We're not even saying it has died. We know they're still attempting to make it work. Um, but there is just the reality that um, the Lord has spoken into this and has been, there's been eyeballs on the scene for a while onto things that are taking place. There are some, some other, there's, you know, an upgrade of, a, 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 I guess I should just tell this. There's a dream I had. Well, I woke up this morning at 4.44 a.m., which is always the Lord speaking to me in, in unique ways. And one of the things he's telling me is, I, I want you to pay attention. I'm about to tell you something. And so I went back um, to sleep knowing I was going to get up uh, kind of early to even prepare for today. Just hang with the Lord a little more. I mean, I get up that time a lot anyway. And um, and I remember waking up and I was like, it's going to be 533 when I look at the clock, no matter how long I keep my eyes. Closed. You just you just knew it. huh? Yeah. And I just kept my eyes closed. I don't know how long it was. I wasn't anywhere near. And then I was like, OK. And I was like, let me see. I look at the clock. It's 533. And um, and so then I had to because so there's a lesson in here. Once you know that it's like that's not where the prophetic part ends. It's like, OK. Why was it 533? Yeah. And and again, the 444 was pay attention. I'm going to tell you something. Then 533. And then where I happened to find, I, I, I looked at, um, I started looking at 533 verses, which is what yeah. you would do. And came to, and the one is like, you know, the buzzer went off, the alarm, the resonance in the spirit, ding, 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 um, was in. Luke 5.33, and what Luke 5.33 is all about is, I actually have it in the other Bible, I could have read there. Okay, um, it's when Jesus is questioned about fasting and praying, and it sa they said to him, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? So they're, they're asking him about the disciples of John, and likewise, those of the Pharisees. So you, the Pharisees are fasting and praying a lot. And so, but yours eat and drink. And then he mentions, and he said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom? So there's this 
quick conversation speaking of friends of the bridegroom mm, wow. and and the whole thing ends in verse 30 38 but new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better so what is going on and what is the whole conversation of 533 so you don't lose it here it's 533 is attached is looking into the fasting and praying movement and the Friends of the Bridegroom movement wow. saying there has to be a new wineskin for this that's coming out now. And because I have a new wine to pour, and then part of what's going to be presented when we get to it in just a minute on Andrew and what I appreciate and why I endorse Andrew, why I forward his book, and he's one known for connection to prayer and the prayer movement and all that. But it's in a new wineskin format. It is, it is understanding uh, that it's not about just having ritual prayers and, and um, uh, you know, vain repetitions. Um, well, since we're here already, I'll just tell you a couple of scriptures um, related to that as well. Because uh, there's like the Lord, there's part of the prayer movement is already effective prayer movement. There's a part of the prayer movement is not effective. And it has to do with being an old wineskin. It has to do with uh, it, it not really even being an appropriate wineskin, even from its inception. It's operating under false precepts and concepts. And, um, you know, Jesus, one of the first things um, he said about prayer is, is out of Matthew 6, 7. He says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions like the Pharisees, for they think they will be heard in their many words. And so there's a warning against vain repetitions. There's also in that Matthew 6, there's 5 and 6, he really emphasizes about praying in private and don't stand like the hypocrites and make a big show about your prayers, And but go to your closet, do things in secret and private, and that's where mm -hmm. I want establish authority and power so you have we'll just say a model and again not try, this is not about trying to criticize other than the fact that the lord just spoke and had me wake up at 5 33 as well to further comment on this uh, on oh. this matter as well he's like this thing of making vain repetitions and you have to understand when he's telling about the pharisees making vain repetitions their rep their vain repetitions are all going to be scripture they're going to be Psalms. They're going to be things. So it, it, we can't say, no, as long as it's scripture, it's good. No, he's talking about scripture repeating. That if you do some, if you just do something out of rote and they think they're going to be heard because of their many words. See, I, I happen to know there is, there's been, uh, it, it's been the interior understanding uh, uh, that has come out of leaders who have spoken to me out of IHOP is that, they are going to insist they're going to pray in such a way that God's going to have to do a couple of things. And one of the things he has to do because of their 24-7 models, he has to pour out signs and wonders. And the second thing he has to do, and it's, you know, depends who says it, whether he has to do, he's entreated to do, he's going to, uh, he's, he's going to do, is he will return because we can't do anything. The kingdom cannot advance until he returns. Has been a messaging that's come out of there. I heard it myself. I don't know where, I don't listen to enough of the messages to know where it's progressed to. 
But when you have a prayer movement that says we're here essentially to ask for Jesus to return, to beg for Jesus to return, to insist that he return because the kingdom cannot advance without him. You are on a wrong model. He didn't say you will be the light of the world. You will be the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Pray kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven. The gates I will uh, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. He didn't say I will build my church. Of course, I'll have to come and really put the you know the hurting on the enemy. So there is a there's a wrong narrative, a wrong wineskin for the wine he's pouring in. So he's pouring in a wine that is speaking into the new kingdom era that he is about to showcase on planet Earth. So he has to have a prayer movement that's in agreement with that as well. And it can't be like, no, we can't really contend for anything. We can't contest the enemy. I many will say even um, leaders from well, I, I won't. I'm gonna cease trying to identify what prayer movement where. We'll just say leaders of the prayer movement. When the Seven Mount message in my book, The Seven Mount Prophecy, first came out, is like, wow, you're diminishing the seven. You're diminishing prayer with this message. I say, how? It's like, if you, I said, all you have to do is try to go meet with leaders in government or anywhere else, and you know your prayer life is gonna stay up. And and but the idea that you're gonna pray in everything. Because uh, there's two two views on it. One is you pray in everything that's going to change. And the other one is, well, nothing's going to change until we pray in Jesus. So we're just going to be insistent enough, fast enough, uh, get skinny enough where he's going to show up and see that that there's a whole teaching. There's a whole framework. There's a whole narrative. Well, that... I, I've, I'm not the biggest intercessor. I, I, it's not natural to me. I have to do it by... Choosing, but I mean, I I came through that the last twenty years, Johnny, and it was like if I prayed enough, then God would be. I didn't say you're duty bound, but I kind of thought He was, and it never worked out that way. If I just prayed it in, God would move in some supernatural way outside of human intervention at all, you know. And so you and I have spent some time processing that. I'm just saying out loud what I've already said to you. It didn't work. And, no. And, you know, I don't get me wrong. I'm still for, for ardent, heartfelt fasting prayer. I am, but with the expectation that now God's got to do do something because you know He told me not that long ago He told me to quit directing traffic in heaven, and that's what I was doing. But anyway, that's for another yeah. time. But and we'll get Andrew in on this some more when when we get there. I still wanted to sh uh, kind of yeah. preface this with another revelation that leads leads into it, but. Yeah. There is a reorienting of, of some of the prayer movement that is taking place. And I believe that, mm. Andrew, there's a great modeling of it that comes out and that what we're going to show even from this book, from things Andrew uh, will say. But even the things that I agree with the book is is like, you you know, um, well, I'm going to get to that. If I start, I'm going to go down that and head right into turning it over to Andrew. So let me just share briefly something I put um on Christmas Day, and and it's a lead-in to all this, and this is good news. It's out of uh, Luke chapter two, and and y'all know Luke chapter two, and and this is about the birth of Jesus. We just celebrated Christmas. Merry Christmas to anybody who's not offended by Merry Christmas, and um um and so um. Merry Christmas anyway. Even if you are uh, offended, we're we're celebrating. 
again, I'll just, I don't know if I, I just can't miss an opportunity to have a fight here or what, but it's like, <laughs> even if it's not in this very good chance, it's not the day Jesus was born. Yeah. Um, it's at least a day we're celebrating his birth, you know, yeah. just think practically in the natural. If uh, you don't know somebody's birthday is like, you know, I never really knew what my birthday is. You're like, you're going to celebrate no days of the year because you don't know his day. He prefers you pick out a date and celebrate it. And so it's okay. Anyway, I don't yeah. know why I'm, I'm trying to use uh, yeah. religious yeah. spirit, anything else like that. There's most of you should already be gone. Uh, people, I think, who stay listening to me at this point makes it very hard to keep listening if you're driven by religious spirit. But here's it goes. <laughs> um, verse 11, 211, Luke 211. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And then here's the part we wanted to emphasize. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. So we want to go what they're saying. It's just a few words, like 10 words here, maybe 12. And, and that's what I So I'm just going to go to what I actually uh, wrote. And glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And I wrote, today, let's agree with the angels. In Luke 2.14, we are allowed the privilege of hearing what a multitude of the heavenly hosts are saying upon seeing Jesus born in a manger. While he was yet in swaddling clothes, these angels discerned and declared the end game of it all. Three objectives were now to be fulfilled with God having made himself flesh. Number one, glory to God. A storyline that gives glory to God. A storyline that gives glory to God must be the central outcome. It must be proven to powers and principalities that his great experiment of creating man in his image did not go horribly awry. His commitment to fragile humanity was made expressly clear to the angels and demons as he became one with mankind by being born to Mary. You know, what both angels and demons knew is that there had to be, there, they know about the days of Noah where man was so evil that they had to be almost extinguished. And mm -hmm. man was not doing good at this time. When Jesus came, there was not like revival in the land. There was, you know, his, his pastors were the Pharisees. And so his religious leaders, there was, you know, besides Anna and and Simon, we don't know if there's, there wasn't much that was uh, faithful to God taking place here. And so there might have been some assumptions growing from the angels and from the demons, like, oh, we're probably headed to another great mass extinction of humanity. They Like his plan of, you know, making man in his image is just not working. If you can just imagine, particularly from the demonic side, what they're seeing and so all of a sudden, something different is showing. His commitment to fragile humanity was made expressly clear to the angels and demons as he became one with mankind by being born to Mary. The Godhead would yet get their glory from their original story. This baby Jesus would now ensure that an ecclesia would arise that would overcome the very gates of hell. So let's go to number two, peace on earth. The final object objective was not war on earth but peace on earth. He would use redeemed humanity to accomplish this. As Paul would later say in Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet mm. versus under his feet. The glory of his story is that he takes the fragile humanity he created in his image and he turns them 
into a Satan-crushing, peace-establishing force. He doesn't remove them from the planet first so he can do it. He enforces the peace with them. Angels and demons both understood the assignment he was committing to. Now, number three, goodwill toward men. The birth of Jesus was goodwill toward men, not just because he was the life insurance policy once he burned up their world, removed them, and crushed Satan. No, the angels didn't praise God saying, and judgment toward men. Mm. Men and their abode, abode earth would now experience the full benefits of God's original plan on earth as it is in heaven. This is what angels celebrated on the first Christmas day. Mm. God, earth, and man would all three be taken care of. God would get his glory. Earth would get its peace. Men would experience on this earth his goodwill. Any mm. narrative that did not include these three objectives would now be known to be a false narrative. Our Father allowed the angels themselves to make the import, important announcement to all. So I think the last thing I said was, as we celebrate the day that honors when Christ was born, let us be strengthened and encouraged by what was revealed to us that very day by multitudes of angels. The best is yet to come only because of that day. And so there was when we're wishing people uh, Merry Christmas. But this becomes um, something so important. You know, there's a song mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing over the plain. What were they singing? They were singing this very reality that we're, that we're talking about, that there was going to be glory to God. He was yet going to get glory from humanity. That's the big surprise for demons and angels, that he's going to get glory out of that story and peace on earth. Mm. This was not, you know, again, this is part of an eschatology that runs rampant, the body of Christ, that this is going to devastation and the earth being burned up. But there was peace on earth. The angels saw it. They celebrated it. They declared, they declared it and goodwill towards men. This whole thing was not an excuse where he could finally judge men, judge man. And Armageddon is the end story of it all. So there is an invitation to upgrade to the angelic perspective, what they saw, what they understood, the adjustment in their own thought patterns. Because, again, I say angels, we, we find this, this is so true of our God that he doesn't tell everybody around him everything he's doing. He likes for there to be surprises. There's a reason the 24 elders keep casting their crowns down. He just told them something else he was doing, and they're blown away. <laughs> he won't even tell the son, Jesus, when he's returning because he wants that to be surprised. So he loves holding back certain information that would really, uh, insider's information that would really uh, bless them when they find out what he's doing. And so this was an aha moment for angels and demons. I've, I'm committed to humanity. You think? You think they're worthless, they're nothing. They failed me before and I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head, wonder, wondering how I'm going to wipe them out. No, I'm so committing to them. I'm splicing myself with them because that's, that's what good. it was. Humanity and divinity. I'm committed to them forever. And they're going to bring peace on earth. The God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. So this is part of the, the good news story we're invited to be a part of, and it connects to what we're talking about. Even as a prayer movement, we have to begin to connect with the correct narrative, the narrative established Christmas Day 
even by angels singing that over us. And so help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. As we get to um, participation here from from Andrew, I just want to um, as as a little more um, introduction. You all already have introduction to to Andrew and all and all that. But um, so the book he's going to tell we've, I think, told you on our social media about there's one that we assisted Andrew and in, in rapidly getting it done because the hard part was you know, he had the dreams. It's based on 30 dreams. He'll tell you about it in a little bit. So it's it's uh, the name of the book is um, Dreams to Save a Nation. There is 30 days of prophetic revelation to fuel intercession for America. And we're going to, Johnny, we're going to go ahead and put the link to that because people can download yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. There is a cost to that. But if you guys can start putting that in the chat, I can't see the chat because I'm not in the admin page. We've put it in the chat, put it in the description so people can download it. If there's, if it's a short enough um, thing, you could put it across the screen, but it may not be. Uh, but anyway, look at the chat. Yeah. So yeah, that that'll that'll be there. So dreams to save a nation, um, and it will be there'll be thirty days of prophetic um, agreement and prayer and intercession. But it'll be based on thirty dreams. As Andrew's been on here this year, you all have um, heard him uh, speaking out of dreams. And there's going to be a dream at least one or two, depending on time. Maybe more than that. That's not in that book. Just from the last day or two. Yeah, uh, or last couple of days that Andrew has as well. The Lord continues to to speak um, to him. But here's what dreams to save a nation will have. Number one, it'll have faith that whole nations can be saved. Just the, just in the title of dreams to save a nation. Here's why I like it. It's a nation can be saved. It's God has interest in nations, and He will speak through revelation things to encourage you. There's so much that little phrase dreams to save a nation. So yeah. many things that need to be uh, um, highlighted. You know, part of, again, the new wineskin, the new approach even to prayer is rather than just getting um, ideal verses that talk about something and, and do, again, you can get into vain repetition and just, there, it doesn't matter if 10,000 people repeat the same vain repetition. If something's not initiated by revelation, it's going to come across dead. And that's what the Lord, he was warning Pharisees and he was telling the people who are under their influences, like you think by multitude, by your many words of vain repetition, just because they're religious words, just because they're biblical words, it's not going to produce what you think it needs to produce. It really needs to be sourced by revelation. That is the new wineskin for prayer is it gets sourced by revelation. And again, there's many of you are already in that. And it's by present revelation because if you just say well it just needs to be in the bible well the bible says there's a time to die there's a time to live the time to win and time to lose so what are you going to do that you know you can't just say it's based on all the bible you have to have the holy spirit breathing on something and speaking what is present truth and why you contend with it so in this and as you know what andrew shares and what will come out of this book as well these prayer points for us, decree points for us, there will be faith released because there will be um, intel from heaven, revelation from heaven to agree with so that we're not just going theoretically and repeating something David said because he said it. And if 
it doesn't mean we don't repeat songs, but it needs to be divinely inspired for such a moment as as you as I'm telling you my own story today. The Lord has me wake up at 444 and then 533 and he leads me to a scripture. It's the scripture, but it's breathed upon in a fresh way. And that's how prayer is supposed to advance in a uh, we'll say in a much better way. So then the number two aspect will come out of this book and our conversation here. Again, I'll say number one was that there's faith that whole nations can be saved, understanding that nations can be saved and, and um, sheep nations, goat nations, sheep nations. That's scripture. We could you know, talk 30 minutes about that. And number two is that we partner with him in it. And we don't just say we can't do it. We can't do it. Come, come, come. We can't do it. Come, come. Only you can do it. No, we're not saying that. He has said. From his first message, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He didn't say, I'm the salt, carry me everywhere. I'm the light, carry me everywhere. That's, say, sort of understood. But his first message to people who are not even saved yet was putting a, if you want to say a burden, but it's an assignment, a responsibility. It's humankind's responsibility. That's what the angels were singing over baby Jesus. Like, wow, this is a recommitment to his plan that humanity is going to rise up and do something that gives him glory. And they're going to be carriers of his restoration message to the nations even. So we partner with prayers, decrees, and actions. Through the Seven Mount message, I may mess, I may emphasize more the actions, even though if you hear my whole message, there's no way you can separate it from prayer. Prayer becomes uh, huge, huge in that. But, but it's not going to get accomplished only with uh, prayers and decrees. As we've shared before, perhaps the perfect picture is... Uh, when you see in in the children of Israel, the time where they're headed towards their promised land, but there's Moses on the Mount. You all know the story. He's on the Mount and uh, Joshua's in the Valley and he's fighting and it's against Amalek, I believe. And so the sons of her keep um, Moses's hand put up and while his hands are up, they win. And if his hands are down, uh, they lose. People say, yeah, see, that tells you it's all accomplished in the prayer in a prophetic and prayer in the spirit realm. Well, no, it doesn't tell you that because if they don't coordinate it with Joshua in the valley, they're just doing exercise. So that's part of the learning curve here. Part of the new wineskin is there has to be a, 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 a real coordinating, at least in our spirits, of the action points, the prayer points, decreeing. I will tell you this, if it already hadn't come out in Andrew and Kelly, his wife, um, they are... Um, they're prayer champions and, and they've come out of um, association with that. I don't mean come out. I mean, that's what they're. You're uh, from, you're, they're from an association is what you mean. But if you hear their story, they're going around and speaking at events. A lot of what will be called Patriot events all over the place. And what are Patriots? Those who are willing to take some action steps and say, I'm going to resist the enemy. I'm going to be salt and light here in some way or another. They're involved. Uh, you know, they've gotten through their dreams. They've gotten Intel. Um, that will be that has revealed where human trafficking has taken place. And so they've been known certain authorities have known to take them seriously for that. So they're not just pie in the sky prayers that pull aside in a closet somewhere and doing yeah. this. They believe in prayer. That's why there's a new model. So it's, it's it has nothing to do with prayer being out of line for sure. Prayer is biblical, 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 biblical. Uh, pray without ceasing. You know, the Apostle Paul would say so. That's not what God is saying at all. That's not to be uh, a takeaway from any of the things taking place, even what's been uh, uh, happening at IHOP and showcase through that. 
there is just how prayer becomes uh, in its proper balance incorporated in the proper uh, narrative. So anyway, with that, um, Steve, I'm, I'm ready for us to, uh, I don't know if you have a question to introduce. Well, on the, the one thing to clarify the difference between the old model and the new model, what you're describing is, I mean, I could say a metaphor, uh, it's sort of a metaphor and sort of a literal thing where the, the worshipers had to show up on the physical battlefield. Yes. They had to actually be there. And then not only were they there, the army had to be there too. So you were accomplishing the spiritual, the worship, the prayer, the decrees, and then the, the and then the actual army had to be there. And I, th I think you're saying Andrew's doing all those pieces with what they're doing. Andrew and Kelly, they're doing, they're, sometimes they're the army itself. Sometimes they're the worshiper. I don't know, anything else? Before, you, before I throw it to Anya, Andrew, is that about what you're saying, or what? That, that's that's really good, and you know, so it's prayer based on present intel. Okay. Uh, it's the only way not to get into vain repetitions. We'll, yeah. I'll make that. A, I, I see that I wrote that down. Prayer based on present intel or present revelation, dreams, uh, uh, dreams that have been proven that they're a source of revelation, which both he and Kelly have, is the only way not to get in vain repetitions. Just to remind people, all, all. Anybody who's been into temples, cathedrals, wailing walls, etc., wherever you experience religion only, they're based on scripture reading. Scripture reading is taking place everywhere there, but it's high, by and large, vain repetitions because it is to think of it another way. There's, you know, water would be the word scriptures, but the difference between moving water and still water is a river purifies itself we had heard every 10 as if it's running a certain way every 10 feet there's really? running water it's alive yeah um and then water that's not moving you know it's different between let's say a river and a pond and yeah. so what's the difference between a river and a pond they're both water which you could say that's the bible it's the word both of them are water but you do not drink pond water because it's not running water that's in general is yeah. like i've never heard of anywhere you drink pond water and pond water has a, a tendency to scum up and, mil, you know, scum. You hear it where the pond scum. You don't hear yeah. river scum. And, and so these are these are just realities. It's about the word coming alive. And the word comes alive because he breathes into it and says something to us for today. Back to the thing of President Trump, for instance. We didn't just decide to invent that there's a Cyrus call and then try to make the scriptures work. That was the Lord's like we had to do the deeper dive. He says, he's my Cyrus. Like, well, what does that mean? And so then we look into it and find, oh, it's Isaiah 45 and he's the 45th president. So there is coming in alignment with something he initiates that makes it living water. That makes can it I add something on that Cyrus man. This is a super potent example to me. There was a couple of other people that got that Cyrus revelation too. You got it. And I'm not going to say the other names, one main one, but at least the other one of the other ones said God changed his mind because of this and that. So that wasn't really revelatory information. It looked like revelatory information until he or she threw it out because it didn't look like he wanted. Right. It stretched, it stretched their faith too much. And so, yeah, yeah so the ones it's, that it's were only the... revelation if you go with the revelation and stick with the revelation. Yeah, if they think they had a hard time making a, a statement, you know, that 
uh, that Cyrus, that President Trump is a Cyrus. How about the challenge Isaiah had to announce that Cyrus was the Cyrus? He was 140 years before he was ever born. Uh, yeah. that, that's, you know, we have to we have to um, toughen up a little as prophetic individuals as well and not just look at our likes and, and dislikes on our pages and decide, oh, you know what? I think I need to throw that one out. Mm. I could have my uh, my viewership diminished by 90 percent if I keep hanging on to what God said. Anyway, well, I guess we better throw this to Andrew. Andrew, you've got a lot of stuff here. Jump and in, wanna, Andrew, on all, on all people, this stuff. But, yeah. Keep looking at the chat or the below the Below the screen, we're going to keep that that item in the that you can click on and order the book that he's talking about. You can do that. Some, most of you know how to do that at the same time, but if not, you can go back to it. But go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Steve and Johnny. And Johnny, that was great yep. uh, explanation. And also, thank you for you know just helping champion the book. And uh, you know, it's a huge honor uh, to have you write the foreword. And um, and I had. Uh, Lou Engel, as a spiritual father, he wrote an introduction on it as well. Nice. So, yeah, very, uh, very honored to be able to do this. But, yeah, I think um, maybe the way I'll start it out, and I'll, I have a dream here, but I'll before I even say that, let me give you just a brief context. It's just dropped in my spirit as we were talking today. But I remember um, in 2017, the Lord had just been speaking to my wife Kelly and I, and he told us um, by, I mean, numbers of confirmations um, to, well, I'll, I'll say it this way. He told us to go visit Colorado Springs. And so while we were there, I had a div divine appointment with Dutch Sheets, sat down with Dutch. Um, and then also, of course, Lou Engel was there and I connected with Lou. But um, on my way back uh, from Dutch or from uh, Colorado Springs, Basically, the Lord had told me and my wife, you're moving from where we were in Illinois. You're moving to Colorado Springs. And we felt the Lord say uh, that it had to do with the nation, that, Andrew, you guys are moving here be because you're going to have a voice or a role in the nation. At that point in time, in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, I'm, we exist for central Illinois. That's our purpose. That's our boundaries. But then God shifted it forward. So as we're, uh, we come back from Colorado Springs, I'm driving, this is 2017, I'm driving, I pull up to a stoplight and there just happened to be a woman at the corner standing there. And I had recognized this woman from prayer meetings. She had been like this real accurate prophet in my life. In fact, I, to this day, I call her my gangster prophet because she <laughs> just shows up and just boom, she nailed wow. it. Uh, it. But she was standing on this corner uh, doing something. She was waiting for a ride or something. Anyway, she looks at me. She had no knowledge that I had been in Colorado Springs. And she looks at me and she said, well, are you going to tell me or should I tell you? <laughs> and I said, what? She goes, she goes, you're moving. To Colorado Springs, and the Lord says it's for the nation. And so, wow. you know, I just had that thought, and I'm thinking right now, we've come to this point in time, and I'm thinking about my context of the last five years of my life, or what, what maybe six, seven, gosh, time's flying by, but uh, six, seven years. I'm thinking none of it makes sense. 
unless, I mean, all my dreams, the things that I've had, I feel like they've been pointed for this nation for such a time as this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, God, if, if, if it's not for this, I think I've wasted my time. <laughs> and so here we are. I wrote this book, uh, Dreams to Save a Nation, because I, I literally feel like two things. One, our nation is on the brink of utter collapse and destruction. Wow. But number two, God has a remedy. He has a solution. And he has not put it in anybody else's hand except the ecclesia. He has given his people, his church, the authority and the keys to uh, destroy the gates of hell and to release the kingdom of God on the earth. So that's my my entry. Yeah, on I that. love it. By the way, just so anyone knows, when you said she happened to be standing there, well, she didn't just happen to be standing there, this prophet. And you know, if it's not, if it's a secret, you have to tell me off the air. I don't know who that was, but uh, whenever you can, you got to tell me that. But I love it how yeah. God does that. You know. Yeah, it's uh, actually that's a great story that I should share another time because it is yeah. it's profound um, yeah. about that lady. So yeah. anyway, uh, let me just start up. I had this dream, and I think it's really significant with this book, um, and. This dream was just, was this yesterday? Uh, the 26th. I don't, what, yeah, is that yesterday? It's yesterday. <laughs> wow. Time so, flies. You know, it's interesting. I knew we were doing this show, but I really felt like this was a, you talk about like on time revelation. This is what I felt. Um, and by the way, before I get into it, let me just say, um, I had mentioned to Johnny about coming on here. And I said, what if we what if we presented an opportunity to the body of Christ, to prayer warriors, to intercessors, to those who are just simply concerned for America? What if yeah. we what if we appealed to this nation, uh, to the faithful in this nation and said, what if we take the first 30 days of 2024 and we can all hone in? on prayer and intercession to agree with the 30 days of this book, uh, because it's a 30 day, uh, prayer guide, essentially it's revelation and prayer. And, and so anyway, so Johnny's thought, Hey, this is a great idea. So that's initially what I was just going to simply come on and talk about, but then I had this dream and I thought, well, this is, this fits right in. So this dream was yesterday morning in the dream, I was invited by someone to sleep in what looked like a library or a book vault of kingdom and Christian writings. And uh, I was amazed at how many books were in this place. I was asked if I had written a work. I don't know who asked me, but someone asked me, and I said yes. Then I heard someone say, and I don't know who it was, but I heard someone say 30 is the key. When I heard this, that 30 was a key of the kingdom for the coming, uh, I knew, okay, I knew when I heard this, that 30 was a key of the kingdom for this coming year, 2024. In the dream, I had chills go up and down my spine when I had thought about the number 30. It was like when I kept thinking about 30, 
uh, chills were going up and down my spine. James. I was trying to figure out what the 30 meant. And then I remembered in the dream that I had written, I had just written this book called Dreams to Save a Nation. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. 30 days of prophetic revelation to fuel intercession for America. In the next scene of the dream, I was walking through this library of kingdom books and works, preparing to find a place to lay down. On the way, I saw several books from authors that I recognize. Specifically, I remember seeing Bill Johnson's uh, God is Good and John Bevere's The Fear of the Lord. So I thought that was interesting, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Then I saw one book that captured my attention. It said the demonic gospel. Um, Before I go there, let me just. uh, Well, no, I'll I'll do that in a minute. I was just going to I was going to tag on to something, but I'll wait on that. that, By the way, is that a real book or is this uh, only in the dream? You know what? I haven't even searched it yet. So it was all all I'd never heard of it. It's what I just saw in the dream. Okay. And I don't know who the author was in the dream, but on the cover, I saw demons of all shapes and sizes. They were illustrated surrounding and touching the word gospel. I grabbed the book off the shelf. Again, the, the in the dream, the book was called The Demonic Gospel. I grabbed the book off the shelf because I wanted to read it while I was laying down. Now, I laid down on a mat or a bed within this library. I realized at this point that there were several other people staying in this place. I noticed one man who was hiding behind the shelves, laying down. I asked one of the other people in this place who this man was and if they trusted him. They said he has been here a long time, and though he is a bit strange, he has never caused problems. However, In the dream, I discerned that this man was demonized, Mm. and then I knew that the demons in him did not want me to read the book that I had in my hands. I knew that during the night, they would try to kill me if I did not stay alert. So next, in the dream, I opened the book called Demonic Gospel to read it, and I began to read about 2024. For some reason, I knew I'm reading something called the demonic gospel, but I'm reading into the year 2024. And immediately as I'm reading, I read about famous ministers and some lesser known ministers who had died. Like they were hadn't died yet, but they were going to die beginning in 2024. And I won't say their names here, but I saw a couple. I was shocked that they had died. However, in the book, it said this. It said, idolatry equals death. Then I read how the demons seek to infiltrate the gospel with the allowance of idolatry. Hmm. I saw the phrase. I, I just saw this in the book as I was reading. It said, homosexuality, LGBTQ sexual perversion, and immorality. I knew in the dream that the demonic gospel was the mixture 
toleration, acceptance of these kinds of idolatries, both in the message being preached and in the messengers preaching them. I had a terrible fear of the Lord as I knew that some ministers who people would never consider compromised or in idolatry suddenly died because I knew this. I knew that the glory of God in 2024 was coming with a greater intensity and expression. I also knew that in the goodness of God, he was going to restore a shocking amount of the fear of the Lord. And it would return us to powerful prayer. Wow. Finally, the dream concluded with me pondering the key of 30 and how we could intervene through prayer for 2024. I had just circled that when I read this earlier. Can you try and define a little bit more? What is that? What did you feel like when you said a shocking amount of the fear that what was shocking? Um, why was it shocking? Well, Here's what I'll say is I feel like, and I, now I don't, I'm not going to say I don't, like I know if people are going to die. I'm wondering, could there be a literal aspect to it? Yeah, maybe. But I think in a symbolic sense, I think God's saying it's going to seem like people who are on the top are suddenly crash and burn. And I think, mm. I think in some ways we're seeing that already uh, taking yeah. place with what we discussed. And, and so I think that God is going to show that he's not impressed with our titles, our, uh, you know, <laughs> our bravado. ministry, the, how, how large the ministry is. Yep. I, I think that he's saying my eyes are a blazing fire and I am searching the hearts and the minds of my people. And I believe this, Steve, that God is going to confront um, the uh, defilement mm. uh, that has been within his house, within his people. Uh, but mm. here's the thing I saw in that dream. I saw the book, God is Good, and then the fear of the Lord. Right. I believe God, out of his goodness, he's saying, I can't be as good as I need to be, as I want to be, while there's defilement here because we're 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 being hindered and limited to a, a realm of uh, powerlessness because yeah. of defilement, because of idolatry. And there is demonic mixture within our gospel. And that's why I personally believe we're not seeing the kind of prayer movement that can change cities and regions and nations in a day. But that's where I believe we're getting to. I believe God's going to start to raise this up. Um, but let me just say this too. I, I finished that dream pondering the key of 30. And I thought about the 30 days of January. But let me just read this real quick. It's from a friend of mine named, um, uh, oh, Troy. <laughs> who's, who's the thing am I reading? Troy Brewer. Troy oh. Brewer uh, has a number, uh, uh, a book on numbers. And so he talks about the number 30. And he says this, he says, when there is a kingdom venture, when heaven is beginning to transform the earth, God likes to stamp the number 30 on it. When somebody is serving the Lord in a very significant way, God seems to stamp the number 30 on it. Interesting. Beginning in the book of Leviticus, a value was placed upon servants. 
the price of a female servant during her prime was 30 pieces of silver. It is also the age at which the Levites could enter into their service. So uh, since Aaron and his sons were of the tribe of Levi, they could not begin their work in the tabernacle until they were 30. Even though Jesus was not a high priest, according to the order of Aaron, he still did not enter into ministry and get baptized until he was 30 years old. King David began to reign over Israel when he was 30 years old. Um, so it goes on, but I just thought that was so interesting. When heaven is beginning to transform the earth, God likes to stamp the number 30 on it. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, and so I believe that these 30 days, even prophetically, can be even a, a an agreed upon uh, a, a place or a season of agreement that becomes a key for 2024. That was the dream. 30 is a key. And so I believe these first 30 days of January 2024, even going through the first 30 days of this book, having our hearts in alignment with, with God uh, for this nation, I just wonder what could take place. Yeah, very powerful. Well, so, and, and anytime you guys want to interject, go ahead, but I'll keep going if. And can, um, because I don't, I, you know, I can't see it right now. And I, I forgot to look it over. I think they sent me the stuff and I forgot to look it over. So I don't, it's, is this a 30 chapter book, one for each day? Is that, and uh, is it workbook oriented where you say you give an assignment or is it just to read it and then pray it through? Yeah. Tell about that. Andrew. Yeah. So the book is, is broken up. I provide a whole, um, after Johnny does the foreword, I provide a, um, a prophetic context of how my history and where I'm at and how it led up to the writing of this book and the revelation. And so then I break it down into 30 days and there's 30 dreams. And after each dream, I provide a little commentary it's a bit of my own kind of interpretive commentary. And then after the commentary, um, it is uh, three, three to four scriptures. I think most of them are just three scriptures that kind of uh, support that revelation, that, that an, al an alignment uh, with biblical scripture to it. And then after the scriptures, uh, I write out a decree that oh, goes good. in alignment. And uh, Julie's writing, us and writing me a note says, make sure to tell people it is an ebook so that they know this is a downloadable ebook. So, yes. and only and only an ebook. It's well, not yeah. available as a live paper book right now. Right. Yep. Yep. I, okay. I think maybe at some point, who knows, maybe we'll try to get uh, it in paper. But for now, yeah, we're just going to leave it as an ebook. We wanted to get it out in time and make yeah. it available. Really good. So, so, um, you know, this dream had me pondering some things, too, uh, just with what is God doing right now? Why is this significant? And I really feel even kind of in alignment with what Johnny just shared about a new wineskin. Um, I'm actually, you know, as much as it's shocking and disturbing about what's happening with some exposure with IHOP and things like that, to me... Uh, it's also a good sign. I think we're beginning to see the goodness of God in the fear of the Lord. And mm. 
in first Peter 4:17, it says this, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Wow. And here's what I feel. This, this is what's strong in my heart right now is that we have been contending and believing, uh, you know, thousands of us across the nation, you know, maybe millions. Right. We've been praying for justice. We have been praying for the systems of this world that, you know, the wickedness that has the captured operations of America that have been governed and held captive by uh, Luciferians and deep state. We have been crying out and praying for justice and judgment. And here I, I feel like in my heart, God's saying, we are on the trajectory to see that happen. Why? Because judgment is now beginning first in in the standard bearer of prayer. If, yeah. if I could say it that way, IHOP has known as the standard bearer of night and day prayer. And God's saying, look, I'm going to visit my house, the priestly ministry first. I'm going to I'm going to bring judgment into this thing and bring a cleansing from defilement. So that we can start to see the justice and the judgment of God break out in worldly ungodly systems. But this had to come first. Let me let me just jump in there. It's so good, Andrew. And just say um, what Andrew has described as, as as the book. There's a couple things to learn from is, you know, there are three parts to revelation. One is getting the revelation then there's interpreting it and then there's mm. application applying. So that's very clear for every one of these 30 days every one of these these every one of these dreams is clear in what it's saying but yet there's still something to interpret from it it's it's clear in its own kind of way but then there's clarity brought but you're seeing just a healthy demonstration of the prophetic as well prophetic is not just telling dreams it's okay what does this dream mean what's yeah. an application part of the application is yeah believe it and so do everything in your life that's in agreement with it but decree it. So there's an, a, a to-do that follows it immediately. And it's the 30 chapters don't go all over the place. You know, they, they're, they're on the one hand, they're not just repeat the same thing over and over. It's like a, it's like a, a perfect symphony. They're, they're different sound, they're, you know, different sound, but they're in harmony with each other. So the whole book is in harmony with itself. There's a real uh, anointing on Andrew to, to extract the interpretation, the message, in my opinion, the message of the Lord from it. So it, it really has uh, 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 it's not just a capacity, but it really will unify us and put us on the same page of understanding. Because that's that's, you know, when the prayer movement, when the prayer stuff doesn't work, is with a shotgun shooting going in all directions and, yeah. and the objectives are not are not very clear. But it's it's starting with the, the, the head objective dreams to save a nation. So. We're saying this is what God wants. He wants to save the United States. He wants to save this nation. I know there are many from many nations that listen to this program. And you have to know that this applies to you. This this cleansing, this removal of the mafia is a world event. And so the timing of things is going to be different. And for Andrew, it's going to be, and usually for me as well, we're going to receive in a primary way United States role. For one, it has a very central role as the last bastion of freedom um, for what the enemy had already accomplished around the world where he had knocked out all resistance. 
except for what was in the United States among those um, who love freedom. And for those, you know, uh, you all don't have any idea right now, probably how big a deal it was that the right to bear arms is what has kept this probably the only reason why the United States wasn't also already taken is because there had to be a figuring out what do we do with the several hundred million weapons that are in the hands of and we can, whether they're rednecks, patriots, whatever else. There yeah. is a way that the Lord used that, but it's part of the initial call of the United of the United States. So it's why, yeah, there's a focus on this nation, but don't think if your nation like, what about us? Because I get asked that all the time as well. What about us? It's supposed to be, um, and particularly as you join in prayer for us, that wouldn't be bad knowing that there's a real lead domino effect that we have towards this thing going uh, global. But if it saved a nation, he wants to save all the nations. You know, yes. he, the, the invitation is to everyone. And so um, this this is something for everybody to be excited about. Very good. Absolutely. And and Johnny, let me just tag onto this. You know, I, I I'm of the school of thought that when God gives prophetic revelation, he's, uh, he's bringing you, he's providing you with an invitation for participation. And I've shared this for years. I said, revelation is not something to be gawked at. It's to be governed over with intercession. And so we move, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, obviously God's going to do what he's going to do. And I tell people this, that our responsibility is to do our part, God's responsibility is to do His part. Um, but the revelation invites us into participation, and and that's where I think we can have such great faith. I'm thinking, man, there's so much revelation out there. Let's not lose sight of it. Let's go to battle with it. You know, Paul told Timothy, he said, "Hey, remember the prophecies. Remember these things, so that by remembering them and holding to them, you can wage a good warfare." So anyway, I just throw that out there. No, that's really good, Andrew. And I think it's I can even say it's stronger that, you know, the revelation, it beckons and it but it's it's not just a privilege. It's a responsibility. Mm. And revelation is in some ways like revelation has this ability to affect us because we're like, wow, I just heard God. Think of it as sort of eating a very fine food from a buffet or whatever. It's like this is delicious. But it's if it doesn't turn into some action points, then we have this buffet effect on our bodies where we become obese and mm -hmm. innate, uh, and ultimately it's bad for our own health. And so, you know, that even Paul, it comes to mind right now, Paul would address the Athenians that they people of Athens, that they lived only to, if there's some they were in quote open to the prophetic, you could say, because they would like to, they just, is there something new? Is there something new? And so just a caution to those even to listen to, um, we'll say the prophetic that comes even from Elijah stream and all this is this, this has to move you to action. Yeah. And if it doesn't move you to action, though it is good, it actually is harmful to you. So you can't just be like, wow, that was really good. And I did my day. I got, I got, you know, uh, I, I got excited about revelation. You want to get excited enough where it moves you to action or it's harmful. I mean, is it, uh, it's a, is it an overstatement or understatement? However I say that to say, caution people, try not to even get this book if you don't intend to 
to go through because it could hurt you if you don't. I mean, that almost sounds like you're cautioning people don't just get it and be entertained by great dreams because it could leave you worse off if you don't act on it. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Well, yeah. Well, I'll just just say fully intend on being a participant in yeah. the call. That's the invitation to us all. There is an invitation to believe, an invitation to decree, and an invitation to align how you live in accordance to this revelation. Yeah. So if you live in accordance with we have to wait till Jesus gets here in order to advance, you're just going to be a passive um, participant, which is a non-participant. So you want to be activated in a new way. And so uh, this is going to particularly some of you who that's been the framework that you've operated by. No, we really can't. There's, we can't. The devil's too big for us until Jesus returns. No, it's like how many scriptures the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. This is his joy. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. He makes this point over and over and over. Is God in us and we come alive with who he is. We are the light. We are the salt. And it's his great plan. It's his great joy. It's his great story for us to be activated. It, it's people that know, but I'm believing you think it's faith to believe that he's going to do it. It requires more faith to believe he can do it through us. And that's what he's calling you to is the greater faith that he can do this in the way he prescribed, in the way he said, in the way he has told powers and principalities. I'm going to raise up these that are made in my image. Yes, they have failed often, but they are going to arise. They're going to learn who they are. They're going to commit to my narrative. They're going to commit to my plan. They're they're going to step into who I've called them to be. And they are going to be those who manifest. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And it's clear that he says, Isaiah 60, you arise, you shine, his glory will be seen on you. So he intends to do it. It seems like a simple little shift and change, but you're you can be miles off of his program by thinking there is a waiting that has to take place when he's saying that now let's arise with who he says he is. And he's giving us through these dreams. It's a gift from God. People, this is a gift from God for us. The dreams he's given um, Andrew, they're, they're so clear. They're, 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 they're so precise and they, they, they're not standalone. In other words, you're hearing this from it, not those in the dream way, but it, it, there is an alignment with the revelation you're hearing from other prophetic voices. We'll put it that way. So he's not just like, let's trust Andrew. Andrews are a uh, clarion call, a clear trumpet sound that's combined with others, an invitation for us to contend as never before for our nation, for the nations of the world. Well, last thought on this, Steve uh, and Johnny, is that, um, you know, I think that dream, the the key of 30. Yeah. Um, I, I want to present it this way, is that I believe in the time frame we're in, God's saying, I'm, I'm bringing a cleansing work. I'm, I'm getting rid of the idolatry in my people. Um, and I'm, I'm making appeal. I'm making an appeal to people for the first 30 days of January 
to to not only uh, not only pray, but let the Lord do a deep work. Um, like like what he told Joshua and the Israelites, consecrate yourselves tomorrow. Yeah. I shall do, you know, great and wondrous things among you. I just believe that that God is coming in a very intense way in this time into his house, into his body. And he's looking to cleanse us and to get us back into an alignment of praying with power, with effective, victorious spiritual warfare, where we can pray and, you know, take down the giants. And that's where we need to be giant slayers in these days. And we cannot be that when we have compromise, mixture, idolatry existing within God saying, I, you know, my blood will cleanse you. I'll forgive you. I'll wash you. But let me expose it in you. Repent from it and rise up. Take these 30 days to recover. Maybe you you need a fresh faith in your heart. Take these 30 days and recover a fresh fire. Get back at the altar of prayer and worship and seek my face. So, you know, there's more dreams I could share, but I know the time here. So I why don't we just close because um, these are our final minutes anyway and have you pray. Yeah. Andrew, because you've been sharing that, and um, I'm looking. I'm going to get the book myself. I don't know. Uh, does it is it X number of pages? It's in PDF form, or can, do some people just pull it up and then read it that way? Works just as well. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's PDF. Um, you can read it on a Kindle. You can read it on your uh, your laptop. I, I'm not sure. I haven't tried it on a phone. I don't know, Johnny, if you know. No, I haven't tried. I don't know either. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's PDF form. Okay. And and good. so someone said should work on a phone, looks like. Yeah. Here. Okay. Okay, good, yeah. good. Yeah, go ahead and, and close out these minutes with however you want to pray into the body. I, I know. And so, and you're encouraging people. So we're like five or, five or six days out. So they get this and begin to prepare to, to go through this. And do I understand you're recommending... Do one day, stop, do the work, and then the next day, do the next day, right? You're not saying consume it all at once. Uh, right. I mean, people have been, people have already told me, hey, I've, I've read through the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to stop. It oh, is. Okay. You will, I just have to jump in and say, you're going to be so encouraged by this. Like, nice. it is going to be hard. It is going to be hard to just not read it all through. Okay. And, and go half the book or all the book. And you're going to be like, wow, full of faith. So you could do that and then come back day at a time as well. But that's why this is going to this. This is not just an action point you won't enjoy. This is this is a, a, an action uh, project that you're going to thoroughly enjoy because your own your own faith will be ignited. Yeah. And I'll say it this way. You know, maybe people might might do it one day at a time for 30 days. And maybe repeat the cycle each month, you know, because I, I feel like a lot of these dreams are really key for 2024. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you'll see that as you read. And so mm -hmm. um, anyway. Sounds so good. Wow. OK. All right. Go ahead, Andrew, then. All right. Well, Father, I just thank you so much. Um, first off, for uh, Steve and for Johnny and for Elijah's dreams. God, just thank you for raising up this ministry. God, oh, yes, thank you for raising up this platform. And God, I thank you for all those that are watching right now uh, and Lord that will watch. I just pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you would recruit, you would send out a draft notice to your warriors, to your people, your sons and daughters. 
And God, mm. that you would break them even out of caves of shame where anybody is stuck in cycles, maybe of, of dis despair, discouragement, yes, um, disappointment. Father, I pray, break these caves of shame, these caves of cycles. And Lord, I pray even right now before 2024, would you release the winds from heaven, God? Send forth your winds, your flames of fire. Bring a, a revival, awakening, anointing back to the altar of people's hearts. Lord, I pray, breathe on the embers. You promise a smoldering wick. You will not snuff out. And so, mm. God, I pray, Lord, that you would revive. And, Lord, where there is a need to, uh, to flee from sin or to overthrow idolatry in our own yes, lives Lord. and in our hearts, God, I pray for your goodness. In your goodness, you would come and shine your light wow. in those areas that we might turn, we might confess, we might uh, be set free. God, you promise if we confess our sins, God, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so, Lord, as you do a work in your body, I believe, God, even right now, you're saying judgments beginning in the house of God, that you are coming to break the demonic gospel this yeah. uh, this marriage we've had with idolatry in your house. I pray, God, bring us out of it. I pray these 30 days would be 30 mm. days of consecration, 30 days of getting defilement out. And, Lord, that these would be 30 days that would turn a key to save America. Lord, I pray, bring us together in united prayer, in an agreement with your heart, in an alignment with your word. Let yes, these 30 days, God, break through for America, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 amen, All right. amen. We have both of your websites up there. We remind our people that, that you go to those places to get into their ministries and see what you can do to support them. Appreciate it very much. All right, you guys. Johnny, thank you. Andrew, thank you very, very much. Quick reminder that Kim Robinson will be with us tomorrow and on Friday, Bobby Connor. So I think that brings us to the new year. So everybody have a great day. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. Very rich content. Have a good day, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.